Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of All Queued Up, the uh, review podcast tied to streaming services like Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, etc., etc. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two been? Well, I've had an interesting day running all over the Tri Cities area, but I'm home and I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm doing better than Maya. How are you, Maya? I mean, I'm down on my back a little bit, and it was a little sore, but other than that, I'm good. I just, you know, lower back pain really sucks. It does. It really but, does. Uh, other than that, I've just been reading and painting a lot in the past week. Getting Greg? ready for the weekend. How are you, Greg? I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, been um, catching up on shows, and I've been playing a new game, uh, a Knockout City. It's basically like dodgeball on steroids um betty because you have game pass uh you can actually play it for free um, oh, cool. for everybody else i believe that there's a 10-day free trial i could be wrong about that don't take my word for it but it is it is really intense it's it's really fast paced and what's interesting is i say dodgeball so it's you know don't get hit uh but there's like a lot of nuance to it because you have two different double jump buttons that do different types of double jumps. And there's a reason behind that. Um, like you can do trick shots and shit, but uh, I don't know. It's fascinating. I will say the funniest part about it is, is uh, they really nailed down the sound of a dodgeball hitting you in the fucking face with the boom. Uh, so yeah. We- I, um, I tried to play Skyrim again this week. I hadn't played for uh, a little over a week maybe two weeks from where we've been working on the D and D stuff. I made it five minutes before I got nauseous and I had to quit. It's really <laughs> sad. Um, I have two games that I want to play. Um, I know one of them is um, Vikings. Uh, I think it's the Assassin's Creed one or. Oh, Valhalla. Yeah. Valhalla. And then there's another one as well. That's got Vikings in it that I wanted to play. But I did play some golf yesterday. I've been a hot minute. And uh, after making a quadruple bogey on my first round, uh, my first course, I failed miserably through the course. And then the next time I played, I won with first place. So I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> speaking, speaking of golf, I'm very excited about uh, Mario Golf coming out soon on the oh, Switch. Is that happening? Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I don't remember the title of it. Like, there's a subtitle to it because they have to have a subtitle since it's like the fucking fourth Mario Golf game. But they have a really cool mode where um, instead of just like hitting the ball and then, you know, letting every other player hit it and you take turns, um, everyone starts at the same time. And as soon as you hit the ball, you have to sprint to your ball. So it almost becomes a race to get it in the hole. And 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 other players can fuck with you with like power ups and stuff. It's great. Of course, that's how Mario would do it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, but I'm excited. Um, well, everybody, we're going to be... Uh, we didn't say this last week because we didn't know, uh, but Betty brought it up on Sunday about us watching uh, Army of 
Army of the Dead, almost at Army of Darkness, which is uh, a shame, and I apologize to everybody immediately. Um, uh, can't compare this movie with Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Uh, Netflix basically gave Zack Snyder full reign on to make his own zombie movie. Those and, assholes. <laughs> and, we uh, know how Maya feels. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into that. Uh, and then after we're done talking about Army of the Dead, we're just going to kind of discuss Zack's body of work. Um, I've seen just about every single movie that he's made outside of the Snyder Cut because I don't feel like watching that. Um, though I probably should just for sake of having seen it, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. Let's get, let's, let's dive into army of the dead. Uh, the plot is fascinating. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> dumb. uh, <laughs> so there are, here's the thing. I, I, I love zombies. I've watched a ton of zombie movies. So has Betty. Um, the, of the deadline is tied to George Romero. This is not George Romero in the fucking slightest. And uh, I don't like that there's that weird distinction. I think that's something that I immediately de detach from this movie is like, if it was just Zack Snyder's movie and it was like it was called something else, I might be a little bit more inclined, but the fact that it's of the dead bothers the shit out of me. Uh and it's because I personally fucking love, you know, Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Like, I love those fucking movies. And it kind of feels like he just took it. He just took it and he was like, oh, it's mine now. Because I didn't see George Romero's name on this movie at fucking all. So I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just being weird about it. Well, but... I don't think it's something that is copyrighted to the point that you can say this is mine. Hmm. Um, did we want to give a syn synopsis of this? Yeah, so sorry, I was going to do that. So it starts off with a, a like, they call him the alpha zombie, like behind the scenes. And he turns a bunch of uh, soldiers uh, into zombies and then invades uh, Las Vegas over the course of God knows how many days, months, years. It doesn't really specify. Um, there's a war within Vegas and they close off Vegas, leaving all the undead inside Vegas. And then um, it jumps ahead in time to which uh, a guy who owned a casino in Vegas, uh, something Bly. Um, Tanaka. Tanaka, Bly? Tanaka, okay, I had it right. Uh, he then recruits John, Pat uh, John Pat Jesus Christ, Batista. Um, and uh, he wants him to recruit other people to basically go on a heist within a zombie-infested Las Vegas to get into a vault to get something out of the vault for him. At least that's the story. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's that's the basics of it. Um, I watched the first forty minutes of this and went, "This is a really cool concept. I like this idea." You know, a zombie-infested fucking Las Vegas, and they have to do it's, it's 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 a fucking zombie heist. Is what it is. Cool, neat concept. Let's do it. And then they get into Vegas, and the movie takes this weird turn that I did not like. Uh. <laughs> Was it the alphas? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we back up a minute? Um, in the very first part of the movie, when they're transporting this, you know, thing in a locker with uh, military escort. 
And the newlyweds are driving down the road, and he's getting his little uh, newlywed blowy. And that one car veers off. It hits the transport vehicle, and that transport vehicle just goes all to hell. And I'm sorry. Y'all saw that car. I saw that car. That would have never happened like that. That would have never happened like that. First of all, cars don't explode. (laughs) Never. They don't explode unless there is some type of uh, accelerant and explosion-causing device attached to a car. It's just going to burn and smolder once the fuel catches fire. But... I'm sorry, this whole shit movie was based on a part of a dude that couldn't fucking keep his car straight because he was getting a blowy? Fuck his. Fuck this movie. That's exactly... Okay, well, hold on, hold on, Maya. I have to stop you there because if... To me, that complaint is is on par with like, man, I can't really get into Guardians of the Galaxy because of a talking raccoon. Like... Okay, well, again, knowing that this is tongue-in-cheek and everything... Um, we did have to, you know, because of the way we are in my house, we did have to make comment upon that because that Cadillac would have barely done anything to that transport truck and that transport truck would have barreled right through it and they wouldn't have stopped. It was heavily armored. It would have ripped that fucking Cadillac to shreds and kept going. It would not have been stopped dead and blew up. I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. I'm not saying that you're wrong. All I'm getting at is I personally do not feel like critiquing the movie in that regard is is in. I just had to fair. bring it up because it was funny as hell to me. Well, the movie starts off the first the first shot you technically see from the military perspective is that when they're taking off, there's two lights in the distance like UFOs, and then they take off. Now, either that's one of two things, because throughout this film, there's some weird shit that I kept seeing, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, one of two things: this zombie virus was started by aliens, or that's just to indicate that they left Area 51. One of the two. Um, uh, But um, the other weird thing throughout the film is that when they're fighting a lot of the zombies inside the casino, it doesn't happen so much outside the casino, but it's definitely inside the casino. And there's another shot like when, oh my God, spoiler alert, if you haven't fucking seen the movie, Um, when uh, he pulls the like the dead fetus that glows blue and then it dies. Um there's also a zombie in the distance that I saw with glowing blue eyes and three separate times when they shoot a zombie in the face, it's a skeleton. It's like a, like a Terminator behind it. That's weird. I didn't notice that. Three. So, so let's move on to the next part. You know, he's uh, Dave Baptista, Baptista, you know, his, his, his character along with a few others that end up in his oceans, 11 zombie team. Uh, they all got out of Las Vegas. So, you know, we get to see this happening. And um, so he's been recruited and he's got to go and recruit his team. Now, one thing I did find out, I don't know if you guys know this, is that uh, Tigna uh, Nataro's shots, they actually had another actress shoot it those was- shots and they had to impose her upon those shots. I think she was only actually on set with uh, other people one time. If it was, if it was her it by was- herself, then it was her uh, fully, but yeah, otherwise. Yeah, it was it was the actor, uh, comedian Chris D'Elia, who had already filmed all of his parts and uh, he got Me too 
So they replaced oh. him with her. Okay, and it yeah. cost them millions to superimpose her yeah. and digitally remove him and put her in. Uh, but, you know, it turned out good. And, you know, he got his team together. And, uh, you know, we're getting ready to go in. And that's when we get to meet the coyote. And uh, we also know that his daughter is working for the volunteers, for the people on the outskirts of Las Vegas that need to get out. And uh, she gets drawn into this, too. So um, I, one of my. This is so stupid. When they went to uh, Takanero, was that his name? Tanaka. Tanaka. And he was showing them, you know, the model that he'd made and everything. And then he said, uh, easy peasy Japanesey. And uh, one dude was like, I don't think you can say that anymore. And the other guy was like, yeah, well, you know, he's Japanese. I think it's okay. Do you know it blew my mind because I'd never heard that. I've heard easy peasy lemon squeezy and I've heard easy peasy, but I've never heard easy peasy Japanesey. And I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, but it was funny. I thought that was a funny moment. No, it's absolutely. Um, yeah. It's uh, I've heard it when I was younger, but um, the line, that line also of like, you can't say that anymore. felt very ham fisted. <laughs> like, Hey, so you know how like we can't say things nowadays? Like Zack Snyder's like, oh, we, we we can't say this kind of stuff anymore. So let's make a joke about it. It's like, dude, you don't have to fucking do that. No, that's what it felt like to me. But, um. <laughs> so how did you feel about the alphas and the queen and the king? Basically, uh, I I really thought it was was lame. Like mainly, I thought it was lame because. In City of the Dead, I think is what it is. Uh, George Romero's, like, I think last zombie movie. Um, I could be wrong about that. No, Diary of the Dead was his last one. The It was the one where, like, um, there was a city full of people that were surviving, and there was, like, a mayor, like a, like a, I don't call him had, a mayor, but. Had John Leguizamo in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember uh, seeing that in the theaters with a friend of mine. Yeah, same here. There's a zombie in it that shows early signs of zombies like kind of having somewhat of an intelligence with the the dude at the gas station. Um and I thought maybe that this was an evolution of that. Yeah, and I want to also bring up um I don't know if I I know I'm not the only one who knows this, but in the first episode of The Walking Dead when he goes into Atlanta there was one zombie who stood out among the rest that looked like he had some intelligence about him. It, he said something. And I thought they were going to go somewhere with that, and they never did. So I was kind of interested in the more um, intelligent and advanced, you know, alphas. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think honestly that's what that's what upsets me the most about the fact that there's intelligent zombies in the in the way that they are in this film because it's never explained to an extent that makes sense. Um no. Every single's like I'm 100% I don't know if I've told you guys this before but there was a there's a video that I used to watch or that I've shown to a bunch of people which is like the death and return of superman and it's this guy who I'm not going to name because the dude's apparently a piece of shit. And I didn't know this when watching it for the first time, but 
Um, he does make an excellent point at the end of it while Simon Pegg is in the shot. And it's him um, basically talking to his dad about how he's upset that uh, all this stuff didn't make sense when it came to Superman's resurrection and, and, and death and all this kind of stuff. And his dad says, how do you kill Dracula? And he's like, stake to the heart, garlic, cross, holy water. And his dad says, wrong. You can kill you can kill Dracula any way you want because he doesn't fucking exist. Now, I say this only because the same rule goes for zombies. The same rule 100% goes with zombies. And I don't have a problem with the idea of intelligent zombies. What I have a problem with is how <laughs> they're used in this film. The idea of one being pregnant. And clearly it wasn't like there was one primary uh, alpha zombie that I don't even want to call him a zombie because he's the one who's intelligent. But apparently his like his bite has like a length on time of which it will change you. Um, I'm sure you guys like noticed that. like the alpha vampires from uh, Anne Rice's. Uh, and see, and, and if with vampires, that makes a little bit more sense, you know, like they, that, that to me makes more sense, but the vampire or the zombie bite doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Plus like he can, he can determine whether they become shamblers or if they're intelligent. Like it just, it just didn't, it didn't well, fit. Okay. So I will recommend again, Z nation. If you want to see it done with a similar theme, but in a very tongue-in-cheek, funny way, definitely Z Nation is something to look into because it's a zombie show, but it also knows how to poke fun at itself. So, um, yeah. I have to say, when they got to the casino and they started discovering there were other teams before them, I wasn't surprised. Uh, who's the guy who was the bad guy in the team that was told to come with them. That was the Garrett. actor that Maya was excited to see. Yeah. What, Garrett Dillahunt. Yes. I love him. Oh. He's also in the walking dead as well. Not anymore. And, oh, really? I yeah, they killed him, him about a month ago. Oh, I loved him. I loved him on Ro raising hope too. That was. Yes. A good one. Yeah. Burt chance yeah. is my spirit. Animal. Yes. And so when, you know, I saw he was in this, I was excited. Um, was I knew Deadwood he was going to be too. a bad guy. He did. He played a great bad guy. You saw what they were there for. It wasn't the safe. It wasn't the money. Uh, you know, that was just a ruse. That was for him to get in, get what he wanted and, you know, get out. The ending, I knew, you know, 40 minutes towards the end. I was like, this is not going to go. To, be, good to be honest, the only thing in this movie that I didn't predict was the fucking smart zombies having a baby. That was it. That was the Again, only thing I didn't know. Watch Z Nation. Just, there, that that is in there, but it's in a very strange comedic way. And it is explained again. That makes really like, should watch it. <laughs> I don't remember what it was that I watched. If it was like, but it was a zombie thing. It could have been from a game or whatever, but there was like a pregnant woman who was, who was, am I, God, what the fuck was it? Anyway, it was a pregnant woman who, who turned into a zombie and then her baby also turned into a zombie inside of her. Um, well, that I happened on the walking dead. 
Did it? Okay. I don't think I saw it in The Walking Dead, but that's what happened. Yeah, because imagine mom. if your baby dies in utero, it becomes a zombie. Oh my god. I love that idea for like, I mean it's terrifying, but I love that idea. Whereas like this was just it seems so bizarre. And like I, I remember watching it and I think I like I was like, you know, I want to snack while I'm watching this movie. And I pause it. No, not a pause it, but I was like, I'll watch it after this scene. And it was the scene with the the guy that um who was a douchebag to women. I was like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> uh, like that the second Theo Rossi. That was the dude that played Shades and fucking... Uh... Right. No, I love Theo Rossi. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that he's introduced immediately as a douchebag, I was like, he's going to die. He's going to die. Like, it just, it's just mm-hmm. fucking obvious. Um, but the, when he's in the, the, the alpha zombies lair... Like I was like, I'll finish this scene. And then when they were like, when he puts his head on the on the other zombie's stomach and then fucking fist, I was like, I oh, fuck, I need to take a break. <laughs> Just like this is so this is so weird. And like, and that was the other thing I think killed me was that when it was official that the baby died and he wanted revenge, I'm like, why does this seem so fucking stupid? <laughs> Because it's from Zack Snyder's mind, that's why. He's all flash, no substance. Yeah, and we knew going into this that this was very much going to be, you know, boom, booms, uh, you know, all the action scenes and stuff. Uh, I think Jeff liked it a little bit better than I did. Again, the the ending uh, where nobody made it out, it just... I, I can't say I'm angry I mean, that, at it, but I was like, damn. I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, same here, honestly. Honestly, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think I saw it coming because... Um, uh, but I think the last one on the plane was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Well, I was surprised that he survived, period. And then I was like, well, he's got he's obviously bitten. And of course he was. Um, yeah, like I like no, that was obvious. Like I knew he was a bit like the way he started. Because I said I sat there and I thought like, how did he, how did he survive getting out of the vault? Um, because I have a, I have to imagine that it had an auto locking locking mechanism once it's closed. Um, but I just kind of was like, whatever. It's because it was like the greatest vault in the history of mankind. and Yeah, it, and it was a manual thing. It didn't have electronic locks on it, so an EMP fucking from a nuclear device detonating would not trigger that thing to open. So yeah, there's another, sense, you know. Exactly. But I, again, zombies, I shrug my shoulders. There's a lot of shit that happens in this movie that doesn't make a lot of sense. It does a lot of, like, a lot of uh, silly B-movie, like, it just but happened you, to deal with it. Would you say it was you know, entertaining. I'll tell you what was entertaining. I'm going to, I'm going to speak positively about this movie because I feel like we've been shitting on it for about fucking what? 20 minutes now. Um, the visual effects in this movie are fucking stellar. Uh, sure. Zombie animals don't make a lot of sense when it comes to George Romero, but with Zack Snyder, sure. And a zombie tiger looks awesome. Yeah. It just looks fucking cool. The zombie uh, horse looked cool too. I will, the zombie I, horse. I, I, I will give him that. He does visual effects very well. And do you the know there were four puppeteers in this movie as well? Really? So For what? yeah, uh, I'm not really sure, but there were four puppeteers listed in the uh, credits for this movie. Interesting, because I know that that I've seen 
because there's a small like four episode thing of behind the scenes on Netflix of this movie. And I watched like a two minute thing on, on uh, Twitter that was like the, the tiger was just a dude in a green suit. Yeah, I don't know, but they have puppeteers. That's interesting. I'd like to know where the puppeteers come from. Uh, the other Puppet thing I want to school? say is the, the <laughs> not what I made. Um, sorry, where <laughs> the puppeteers were at in the film, like what they did. Yeah. That's what I meant to say, Maya, but because I didn't really figure it out myself. I knew this. Um, I looked into the cast about 20 minutes in and I was like, okay, puppeteers. And I looked and I looked and I really couldn't find it. So maybe they did a damn good job. I, I, the, the other thing I really, really, really loved about this movie, like I want to give it a hundred percent kudos on is it's gore. It's fucking visual gore was mm -hmm. really well done. Um, a lot of like close-up shots of just disgusting, like when the tiger bites that dude's face off. God, I was like, yes, like zoom in on it. Yeah. Like I was just, I was so into that. Cause to me, one of my favorite moments from a zombie movie is, and I'm just gonna quote it and see if either of you know where the fuck I'm talking about, but choke on it. Choke on it. Either of you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Have either of you? I, I bet you have to have watched it, but have a uh, uh, Day of the Dead. Oh yeah, it's the been scene. A the scene towards the end where the dude who's an asshole—he's kind of a douchebag through the movie—is um, being torn yeah. apart by zombies, and he's screaming. He's screaming, "Choke on it!" And the way that they filmed it was basically they used um, actual like pig intestine covered in fake blood. And um, so when he's being ripped apart with gore, he's just screaming, choke on it. And uh, love that fucking scene. So when there's shots in this movie that I'm like, oh, that's really fucking cool gore. I'm just, I'm into it. Like when the, the alpha zombie twists that girl's head around and you see like part of her, I, I don't know if it was spine, but part of her bone pops out. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So 100% kudos to that. Like I, I, that that the gore in this movie definitely upped the score that I'm going to give it later, or the grade I'm going to give it. Uh, and and to Dave Bautista's credit, he did he acted very well in this movie. I'd say oh, the yeah. acting is really well done in this movie. And I think the, they did a great casting for his daughter too, because they have very similar noses. She had like the female version of his nose. I didn't even notice that, but uh, I'm an artist. I know these things. I was very impressed with the casting. I loved it. I will say, uh, Dave Bautista is a very good actor. You know, people, yeah. uh, he's certainly a far better actor than The Rock. <laughs> the Rock, this is, why you don't, the Rock this is, is charismatic. The Rock is very charismatic, and he brings charm to roles. Bautista are, brings believability to roles. Yeah, I was going to say, there are actors. There are actors in this world that I fucking love, that we all love, that play themselves really, really well, and that's it. That's their range, and that's fine. Keanu Reeves, Bruce Willis, The Rock, they play themselves really well. Outside of that, garbage. And um, uh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I haven't seen much with her in it to give that judgment, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I've seen a lot. She has a very, she, her face does not convey emotion well when she's acting. <laughs> I still haven't even seen Twilight, so I. I have the, not either, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what movie I remember her the most in? Isn't even a movie that's that popular, and that's um, uh, 
it was the space version of Jumanji. No, space version of Jumanji. Oh, Zathra. Zathra. Okay, that's what I was going to say, but I was like, I think I feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong. Well, she was playing a teenager, always, so that always, looked totally worked for her. I always pronounced it Zathura. That's what uh, I pronounced it as too, but whatever. It doesn't. It's I, you know I what movie I'm talking wrong. about. <laughs> um, I said this the uh, Zathrusta is what I always said. So Zathrusta. whatever. But um, yeah, so like, I don't know. I think that the casting in this is really well done. I think actually Tignataro um, handled this role better than I think Chris D'Elia would. Personally. Oh, I love Tig, and to see her in this, I was so excited. So, yeah, I should have gone with her in the first place. Uh, and I actually really like the idea that nobody in this movie survived. Well, not nobody, obviously, but um, I don't know if I like the idea, but I can respect it. <laughs> one of my favorite things to come out in the past decade was Rogue One, and I love that none of the heroes in Rogue One survived. Yeah, so, Rogue One so. was great. Um, this is no Rogue One. No, 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 no. But I like the idea of all the all the protagonists dying. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the thing about this movie that I think really, really, I think is funny to me is that Zack Snyder is clearly setting up something bigger, um, and Netflix is going to give it to him one hundred percent. Bastards. They. Uh, they had, there was an interview with him post the filming of this. And he said, the aliens that you see in the beginning of the film that, that take off the bright lights, those are aliens. Uh, the fact that there are what looks like kind of clones of them that are dead near the, near the um, uh, vault is something to pay attention to. Uh, the, what looks like robot zombies pay attention to that. Like he's straight up saying like, those are things I wanted people to notice. And I'm glad y'all did because those will matter down the line. And I don't well, know that I'm I care. Enough. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. I get that people are going to really, I mean, people fucking love this movie. I've, I've seen a lot of reviews on it and it's like, yeah, I mean, it blew up this weekend. Yeah, it did. Well, why don't we go ahead and give our final thoughts and a grade to this movie, and we'll move on to Zack Snyder's body of work, because that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, Maya, why don't you go ahead and go first? D minus. Jesus. The only reason it's not an F is because it's visually impressive. The effects and the cinematography does look good. Everything, uh, you know, um, Batista does a good job in the main role. You know, he's he's a good actor. Um, you know, nothing against the casting or the other actors themselves. They all did a fine job. But the plot was nonsensical. Uh, you know, it was dumb. And Zack Snyder is, you know, all flash and no substance. And I just... Uh, yeah, fuck it. I didn't like it. I was not entertained... I didn't crack a smile. I didn't laugh at any of the dumb jokes. It was highly predictable. And yeah, that's all I got. Well, I'm, I'm going to go next, Betty, just because I feel like you're going to give it a higher score than me. Um, I, this to me is a C plus. Um, because I think that there's a lot to enjoy about this film. 
I do agree with Maya that the, the, the plot is the absolute worst part of this movie. It's 100% the worst part of this movie. But it's not so bad that I feel like it's it's unwatchable. I think that the reason that it's it's bad is because the idea of a zombie heist is excellent. And if it was just that, if it literally was just fucking Ocean's 12 or Ocean's 11, I think it's originally Ocean's 11, whatever. If it was that, but zombies were there, it would have been a better movie. But the the whole alpha zombie and smart zombie thing is is just it just it ruins it for me. It really does, and I hate that it does because there's so much about this movie that there is to enjoy. But once you get to the second, I don't even want to say second half. You get to the uh, second third, and then the third third of this movie. Uh, oh, there is one joke. There is one joke that actually made me laugh really hard, and it was this. It was a solid dig at Trump. A solid, solid dig at Trump, and that was when the when the TV reporter was talking about how uh, they moved the time up of the nuke because it's the Fourth <laughs> of July and it would look really cool. Front that, that the president said that was was hilarious to me. <laughs> that was really fucking funny. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't I didn't hate the movie, but I definitely was like, I'm never gonna watch it again, and I'm not excited for a sequel. So there's that. But. Uh, yeah, um, C plus. All right, Betty. Well, I give it a B plus. Um, I liked the cast, and I had to say, going into this, I did not have any real expectations. I thought it was just going to be your typical zombie movie. But the thing is, I like the twist. I like the intelligent zombies. If it does have something to do with Area 51, it could be because of that. That's why they're not like the zombies we see in other, you know, zombie-related media. Um, the ending shocked me because, you know, again, about 40 minutes for seeing, I realized nobody's getting out of this shit alive. And I was like, damn. But it was good. And, you know... I found it interesting and I definitely watched the whole thing through and, you know, I would love to see a sequel. So I, I, I think that it would explain a lot more about, you know, this little snippet of a bigger story. So I give it a B plus. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I mean, if I, I I honestly feel like if you're into zombies, it's it's like really into zombies, it's worth your time. But it's I don't know, it's 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 interesting. Like I said, I was I was more fascinated in in it as a film than the film itself. If that makes sense, but um, I I but I had a really strong feeling that like after watching, it, I was like, Maya's gonna fucking hate this, and Betty's gonna really like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like I was like, Greg, you need to watch this at least because I was pretty sure Maya wasn't going to enjoy it as much. But I'm yeah, proud was, of you for watching, girlfriend. I was gonna watch it anyway, but <laughs> well, when when you when you messaged yesterday and it's like, hey, is there any way we can record on Thursdays? Like, yes, Thursday's good because I hadn't watched it yet at that time. And then Greg's like, no, I can't Thursday morning. We're going to have to record tomorrow. I was like, damn it. No, I've got to watch this thing tonight. So I had to watch it last night. I like, like the idea that you kept putting it off, and I ruined that. <laughs> I, I, I put it off till the absolute last minute. 
I was like, I really don't want to watch this right now. I really don't want to watch this right now. You know, it's not that I knew I was going to dislike it. I knew there was a strong chance that I would dislike it. Uh, just because Zack Snyder films just don't do anything for me. You know, and that's perfect segue into Zack Snyder's body of work. So I'm not going to go through every little tiny thing that he's made because there's a lot of like independent films and stuff he's made in the past. But his you know big break was Dawn of the Dead in 2004. Um, that was his big high budget fucking triple A movie. I really enjoyed that movie. I really, really liked Dawn of the Dead. I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, personally. I agree. I've never seen it. I'm not a super huge fan of zombie stuff. You know, zombie I, stuff. I went and saw the one, the Diary of the Dead, that we were talking about, the last Romero theatrical release. I went mm-hmm. and saw that because a friend of mine is a huge Romero fan. He wanted to go to the movies. I was like, let's go. Why not? And it was all right. I didn't love it. But it was okay. But I actually still haven't I don't seen go, edited, but. I don't go out of my way to watch zombie stuff. The, the whole reason I was into The Walking Dead is because I thought it was a great look at how people would survive in that, and not so much because oh, they're zombies, ass, blood, and guts when they get busted open. You know, I, I don't care about that. I think they're dumb, and they're overdone. And so I got to ask you, um. How'd you feel about Lori from The Walking Dead? Hated her. I was glad that she got eaten. Greg? I hated that Lori. they made her into a character that was oh, well. despised. I thought she I, was a good character. I empathized with her a lot. I I loved her character in the comic. I thought her, her she was one of my favorites. And I was really hoping that they would do her justice in the show. But then they made her... Here's, here's my whole explanation. So they tried to make her a more compelling character for the show. She became a much hated character by the fans. So then they rewrote certain things for the show to kill her off because the fans hated her. This is why I don't like The Walking Dead. Because they constantly did that kind of st- shit. Andrea. And Andrea was a great character in the book. She was a horrible character in the show. She was. I did not. Is that like who I'm Andrea. thinking of, and not Lori? Lori was the one who got pregnant, and Carl had to Lori, get the baby out of her. Lori's womb. Rick's wife. My bad. Yeah. God damn it. My bad. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Andrea was the th- was one of the reasons I hated Walking Dead. Sorry. Yeah. Andrea was that cool. I did not like her. She lost she her schnitzels after her daughter died, or her sister died. But yeah. the thing, it wasn't that they made. Andrea, a, a, a hated character for the show that pissed me off. It was that they started doing a thing where it was like, one of my favorite things about the comic was that Robert Kirkman didn't care whether you liked a character or not. If he thought they needed to die, they needed to die. And for the sake of the show, it was like, oh, the fans hate this character, might as well kill him off. And that really pissed me off. Occasionally, they do a, a well-loved character just to kind of get that shock value. But to me, I liked a story that just flowed regardless of fans' thoughts. And the comic always did a better job of that. And I just, it just upset me so much. And I was just like, it wasn't because it was, and again, it wasn't that it was Andrea was the reason it upset me. It was the fact that they just kept feeding what the audience wanted. And just so, um, anyway, so, uh, back to Zack Snyder, because Jesus Christ, we got off track there. Dawn of the Dead, 2004. I personally love that movie. I think it's great. I think he did a great job. It's very much like he worked side by side with Romero to make it, according to what I've read. 
So it's very much a Romero style film, but made now. <laughs> His next film that blew up, 300. Uh, I actually really like 300. Sure, it's silly and not historically it. accurate. I like 300, it. but, you know, he did, like he did with Watchmen, a literal panel-for-panel, panel, you know, uh, adaptation I, of the source material. But I think it works for 300 where it doesn't work for Watchmen. No, because, I agree. Because I've read, I've read uh, Mark, or not Mark, but uh, Frank uh, Miller's 300, and there's not a lot of nuance. No, and that's something that fucking Zack Snyder doesn't understand. I agree with you. I I think that that, that's why I think 300 works. I really do. I think that there's not a lot of nuance. There's not like a shit ton of character development. Um, I think the biggest complaint that I've heard about the movie is that it's not historically accurate. Like it wasn't just 300 Spartans. There was like 50,000 fucking other troops from neighboring lands. Um, well, the Spartans battle. were a nation unto themselves. Other lands were also fighting as well, but for the Spartans, yeah, it was them and them alone. They're the only ones that stood out as the particular fighters that they were. Even other Greeks thought they were a bit harsh. Oh, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I think there, because there was a lot of, uh, as soon as the movie came out, there was a lot of shows on, on History Channel that talked about the actual history of that fight. And something that the movie and the comic do that that's historically inaccurate is that it was just those 300 Spartans by themselves. It wasn't. That's, that's the whole point I'm making. But, uh, so what are some of the other ones he's done? Uh, he did Watchmen next. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I remember at the time really liking Watchmen, the movie, because I was like, Oh, it's panel for panel. It's like he used the comic as a same as a storyboard. But as I got older and I was like, and I, you know, love the comic and reread the comic. And like, I was like, oh, all that nuance that's in the comic is gone. And he almost makes Rorschach a good guy, which is wrong. And then, you know, going back and watching the wonderful Watchmen series on HBO, yeah, uh, it too. completely changed the way I looked at the comic. And I went back and reread the comic afterwards. And I was like, oh, I've, I think I, it just put a new lens on it. And that just made yeah. me dislike the theatrical movie. I think when I watched it for the first time, Maya, I, I saw it as a really faithful adaptation of the comic. And I, I already too. had, I already had in my mind who these characters were. And I knew the subtlety of them. And I knew that like Rorschach was not to be an idolized character. And technically none of them are to be idolized and they all have their flaws. And, and I was like, great cool that's i that's fantastic but i never picked up that that subtlety that was from the comic wasn't didn't exist in the, in the movie never picked that up so you know like when the watchman show came out on hbo and you and i are like why are people fucking like pissed off that that rorschach was accurately deployed at, or sorry um accurately uh, uh portrayed as a racist like why are people mad about that that's a real thing so but this movie is why this that like Zack Snyder's Watchmen is why, and Zack has said publicly in, in interviews that he he to him thinks of Rorschach as the hero of the story. 
Interesting. Which is which is real bad. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me to another character that we'll get to. Yeah, that he yeah. completely doesn't understand, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I know who, I know exactly who you're talking about. That's that's a whole mm-hmm. two movies away. So the next movie he did was called Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul. Uh, I know that one. This is not a bad kids movie. Like it's it's solid, but it's not in depth. It's a kids movie. <laughs> like it, it's it's. But it wasn't it, a bad one. No, it's not. It's not bad. It's just. But if you told me Zack Snyder directed that, you know, five years ago, I would have laughed in your face and said no. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Because it's not, it doesn't feel like a Zack Snyder film. No. At all. Uh, But the next one is hotly debated. I have had many conversations about this one. Sucker Punch. I've not seen it. I know Misty has watched it, and she said that she thinks I would enjoy it, but I've never seen it. I don't think I've seen it either. Here's how you have to view that movie. And this is, to me, this is the best way to handle it. Ignore all the stuff that has to do with the Insane Asylum. If it has to do with that aspect of the movie, ignore it. This movie has, to me, I've argued that it is basically Zack Snyder wanting to do his version of heavy metal. And the small, the small like ten minute vignettes throughout the film that feel like they'd be a part of an anthology type situation are fantastic, and that's it. That's genuinely about this movie where it where it falls apart. The stuff inside the insane asylum is that the reason that you keep seeing these vignettes is because the the women that exist inside the insane asylum are <coughs> creating fantasies to escape the hell that the torment that they're experiencing inside the insane asylum. However, the, the issue at hand is that Zach doesn't understand women at all. So that's where the problem lies. That is a common issue with, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I think women have a harder time writing male sex and the male sex has a harder time writing female sex because uh, I've actually watched a couple of YouTube videos discussing this kind of shit. Guys tend to focus on certain aspects like sex and boobs and vaginas and weird shit. And they don't know women at all. They're, they're looking at women from a men's perspective. It takes a very strong man who is secure in his own masculinity to be able to write a woman effectively. That's just my opinion. I mean, you're not wrong. It's no. It's, like if you look at all of Zack Snyder's movies, he has this problem. He genuinely has this problem. And it takes an outside source like a co-writer or another actor to kind of set it straight a little bit. Um, there's a scene that exists in the Zack Snyder Watchmen that doesn't exist in the same way in the, in the comic book. And that's the scene between um, the sex scene between uh, Silk Spectre and Night Owl. Uh, it didn't need to be as fucking ridiculously long and it didn't, it, it was not inherently initiated by uh silk specter. It was like, they just kind of locked lips because of the trauma that they were both going through. At least that's how it was portrayed in the comic In the movie. Was like, in the movie, he's like, Oh, the girl's horny. It's like, Oh Jesus. Okay. So it's just, there's a lot of problems with it. Like it, it's, it's, not a common, not an uncommon thing with Zach. But if you haven't seen Sucker Punch, I do recommend it only for the sake of the experience. 
Because again, if he just made a series of short vignettes that were basically part of this movie with the same actresses, I think it would have been a thousand times better. Uh, but again, unfortunately, you have to deal with that other shit. You have to deal with the quote unquote plot of the movie. And again, a strong quote unquote plot. So, <laughs> uh, if there was a way to watch this movie without that part, I'd recommend that, but you can't. So, you just have to deal with the other shit with it. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, this is the movie that uh, Maya was referencing with absolutely not understanding characters. Uh, Man of Steel. Zack Snyder does not understand Superman, and I think he low-key hates Superman. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it for a second. Uh, have you seen Man of Steel, Betty? Nope. Ah. It's very divisive. Some fans really enjoy it. Some fans really hate it. Um, it's not... I'm in, I'm, in the fan, I'm in the category of... I'm not a fan of the movie. Uh, just I own the movie, and I'll watch it every now and then. And the more I watch it, the more I'm like, nope, he still doesn't get it. You know, he's never going to get Superman. Um, I think for me, it's a decent Superman story. Uh, the one of the things that I think is really obviously bad about this movie is his strange depiction of like, cause it, it, towards the end of the film, Superman kills the bad guy, just spoiler alert. Uh, and what? that's crazy. I actually like that. I'll explain why I don't think Superman has ever had the rule of not killing. I think that if he is, I think that role was implemented by the by the Christopher Reeves movies, so people have that concept, and also through Batman. Mm. Um, but Superman has never really instituted a no-kill policy, as far as I know. He just avoids it as much as he can. Uh, but the thing about this movie that is so anti-Superman is arguably the fact that they're fighting in... Metropolis? Yeah, they're fighting in Metropolis. They almost level Metropolis. Uh, the stuff that I always made fun of about this movie was like, hey, so there's like literal human ash and ash from the, you know, destruction around us. Let's make sure we kiss while there's ash falling around us. Los, let's kiss. Shit like that's really fucking stupid. Um, the, the fact that, you know, the way Kevin Costner's portrayal is Jonathan Kent, his adoptive father on Earth, um, I didn't care for too much, you know, like he's like, you can never let people know what you are and basically told him, no, you can't save me. Let me die from something that he absolutely could have saved him from. And nobody would have seen it because he's fast enough was dumb. Superman mm -hmm. would not have let his father die if he could have done something to prevent it. He just wouldn't because he cares about all life that much, um, you know, especially if it's going to be his father. That was dumb. not not only that, but Superman does not need in any way, shape or form. Clark is the type of character who does not need a family death to justify his superheroism like Batman. does. No, exactly. Like, 
He does it because he was raised right out of the kindness of his heart. And that's what makes Superman a great character. And and to, to completely deny Superman of that because you wanted to have some emotional attachment to a father figure is and, and a ham-fisted one at that was really bad. Really fucking bad. So, like I said, there are things about this movie that I enjoy. There are things about it. Like, oh, uh, uh, fucking the portrayal of Zod is fucking perfect in my mind. And the fact that they got a comedian to play Zod. I mean, Michael comedian. Shannon's Michael Shannon's a comedian, man. I, he's, I, he's more of a comedic actor than a serious actor. I don't agree with that. I mean, I've seen him in more serious roles than I have uh, comedic roles, personally. I've seen him in some pretty funny things, so I guess that's where I'm getting the... I mean, don't get me wrong. I have too. Like, I I'm with you on that. Like, he does a lot of comedic movies, but um, he's been in a lot of a lot of serious roles, as far as I know. But um, yeah, I don't know. He did he did an excellent job as Zod personally. That's that's all I'm getting at. He Michael Shannon, yeah, played, yeah, played yeah. Zod really well. But yeah, so this leads us to the next movie that also shows that Zach doesn't understand. Uh, uh, Superman, and that would be Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Doesn't understand Batman very well either. Fair, but like, I go back to this thing about Batman in uh, um, Wow, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The the trilogy, the Chris Nolan. Jesus. The Christopher Nolan trilogy. Okay. Uh I would argue the same thing for Christopher Nolan's trilogy because the Batman and the and those movies is different from the Batman that I've ever experienced before. Um this is why I argue that like the silly shit that exists in uh um Batman versus movie. Superman? No, the third movie. The third, oh, the Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises, thank you. Uh, the silly shit that happens in that movie that makes that movie bad is only bad because the first two films that were set up, this shit doesn't make sense in relation to those two films. Yeah. Um, so in that in that vein, uh, the 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 world that that Christopher Nolan's Batman is a drastically different Batman than what I know. Uh, I agree. But one thing that Chris Nolan gets about Batman is that Batman's entire justification for what he does is because of his parents' death. Zack Snyder doesn't get that at all. No. His motivations seem to be more like, oh, let's eradicate, you know, all things that are bad. Uh, you know the 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 way he treated criminals and everything. I didn't have a problem with so much, but what I did have a problem with is his motivations for his hatred of Superman. Uh, you know, in in comics, Batman would be like, "You can be dangerous. You could be dangerous to humanity." there needs to be a way to bring you down in case you ever stop being the boy scout, you know? Yeah. And he has contingency plans. This is just like, he's horrible. He's dangerous. He needs to die. You know, I need to kill him. 
that was done. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I mean, there's earlier shots in this film of when like he's Batman's taking out like a line of cars or some shit for uh, I don't remember what it was. It was early on in the film, but he uses that wire to flip a bunch of cars. And like, I remember watching this scene going, those people are dead. They are dead. Because one of the things about Batman that you have to keep in mind is that every version of Batman has had the same motif. The second that I start killing, I become no better than the guy who killed my parents. That For is the most part. I mean, there's been a few times where he's killed or been, you know, apathetic towards their survival of whoever he was facing. But it's very, very rare. Very rare. So seeing that in this movie and having like, cause it was very clear that the Batman we were seeing was an attempt at the Batman that we've always known. Like, I know that the inspiration came from that one uh, story that um, Frank Miller wrote where Batman's like old and he gets the, um, the Robin oh, the dark, that girl, the dark Knight returns, dark Knight returns. Um, I know that, that that's the inspiration for this Batman, but even that Batman wouldn't kill so i'm like what is happening here this just isn't nothing fits right and then people have always argued with me about the big thing in this movie that really pierces people off and that's the his freak out over martha um why'd you say that name there's a reason that that doesn't make sense ben affleck has portrayed this character this entire film as a calm collected person who is experiencing some trauma um he is in the middle of that fight if he just pulled the fucking staff back and and just kind of walked away and then and then said like where did you hear that name it would have been different it have been way fucking different it would have been nicer but the fact that he has this like absolute fucking meltdown it was comedic. It was comedic because it was so out of character. Yeah. Uh, well, that's again, Zack Snyder doesn't understand nuance. He just doesn't. It's bang, bang in your face. Oh, well, can we talk about how bad fucking Jesse Eisenberg is as Lex Luthor? <laughs> I hated oh, that. Yeah. He's too over the top. And I think they tried to make him mentally unstable, more akin to a Joker top character. Yeah, um, 100%. Well, uh, his next movie is uh, Justice League, which we've I know we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, I haven't seen the, the Snyder Cut, but Justice League was... I thought it was an okay movie when I saw it in the theater. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> Justice League that we saw in the theater was a very different movie than the Snyder Cut that we got on HBO Max earlier this year. And... You know, Zack Snyder's um, went through a personal tragedy with. Yes, he did. And you know, I understand why he took he left the project, but I don't think it was a mutual thing. You know, he wanted to step step back and be with his family after they lost their. Uh, was it his daughter? His mom. I'm, no, it was his daughter. It was his I kid. Thought, I thought I read it was his mom, but I mean, if it's his daughter, it's. Hold on. I got to look this up now. Yeah, she she killed herself. That's why he left. 
she died by suicide and she was oh. only 20 years old. You know, it's a horrible tragedy that he went through. And, you know, I understand that him leaving the project, you know, he stepped down. But that's when Warner Brothers brought on Joss Whedon because he had come off of the success of the first Avengers movie. And they're like, and well, technically Age of Ultron. And Age of Ultron, yes. And they're like, uh, we'll get Joss Whedon to finish it up. And the movies, the tones are very different. You know, um, Snyder, his version, it's a lot darker, more sepia-toned movie. Uh, all the colors are muted. You know, Whedon brightened the colors up. Uh, there were a lot of, you know, he reshot a lot of the movie and he put in things to make it more Marvel-esque in a way. Like, if you look at the way Zack Snyder views superheroes, he reveres them as gods. And... Which is actually okay for DC. Like, it's It's, yeah, but it's like... Real people are an afterthought. Right. Uh, Joss Whedon, what he did is when the Justice League's facing Steppenwolf in the final showdown, he puts families in danger and you see the Flash and, you know, other members. They're like, okay, we've got to save these innocent people so they're not, you know, destroyed killed in our showdown to try to give them some heroic elements instead of just godlike characteristics you know make them be heroes more than be super whereas Zack Snyder just wants to make them be super instead of being heroes mm -hmm. he's all style no substance as I've said you know it, I think I think my biggest issue with Zach as a whole is that his fans are diehard. Mm -hmm. they, will, they will never bend. They will never sit there and say, oh, this was a, not a good thing in his movies. Uh, they can't critique them properly. Um, I think just about every single Zack Snyder film is a, is, is, a, is okay. Uh, the two that I really enjoy that I'd go back and watch again any day is his two first movies, Dawn of the Dead and fucking... Um, uh, 300. I think those are fun movies to watch. Yeah. Everything after that is just, it's like, I watched it, I don't care to watch it again, and I move on with my life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've not seen Dawn of the Dead, I can't speak to that, but I did enjoy 300, and again, it's because it was very similar to the source material, it was a very faithful adaptation to the source material, uh, but it that source material in itself didn't have a lot of nuance to it. The the difference I think also between Zack Snyder and other directors is that he tries to go outside of his wheelhouse. It's like you said, but, uh, Maya, that he doesn't he doesn't exude a, an understand, understanding of subtlety or or nuance and but he he loves flashy films. He loves to make flashy films. He's the Michael Bay of comic book properties. But but if he just made his movies like Michael Bay does. And and understood where his kind of where he can make movies well, he'd make better movies. But the fact oh, that I he agree. tries to go outside of that is what makes these movies just okay. So I don't know. I think that Zach 
is a talented person. I really do. I think he's a very talented filmmaker, but he's a talented filmmaker and that's it. He is a, he is not a very good story writer. And when he makes adaptations, he needs to back up and let somebody else write the adaptation, not himself. I think, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to deny that he does have a wonderful visual, uh, you know, directing style. Um, it's there. It is absolutely there. It's just when he's writing the story, I think the story suffers because of he doesn't have the understanding. And again, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't hate everything he does. I just, if he's written it and directed it, there's a good chance I'm not going to enjoy it. If he's just <laughs> directed it and didn't write it, I'll happily check it out. See, I'm always I'm always going to see a Zack Snyder film because he's never made something that I've hated. I think that's the important distinction there. I've never seen a film of his that I went, fuck this goddamn movie. I've never done that. Not once in, not once in his entire career. So I want him to keep making movies because I want to see something that I'm going to love from him. And I know it's going to happen eventually. I, yeah, I want the same thing. I want to see him do something that I really enjoy. Like I enjoyed 300 again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But all right. Well, we should, we should close out the podcast because I haven't eaten today and I'm hungry and I want to go eat. So well, Betty, do you have any final thoughts before we go? No, not really. Um, I probably will try to do like Greg's been doing. I'd like to do a review of the Nevers. I think that it was a really good show and it deserves some mentioning. So um, we'll talk about that later. So okay, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we don't really have anything scheduled for next week. Um, might we just do an inhibited? I don't know. Might have you know movie pop up out of nowhere that we want to watch, but. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, if that's the case, keep an eye on our socials, which you can find the links to all of them down below. Um, also, if you're look, if you're trying to get like a, a new shirt for the summer, uh, you can get one on our Teespring store, which has our cartoon faces or the, just the logo. Um, I know that uh, spring is is ending here soon, and summer's around the corner, so we do have a lot of product for that summertime. Uh, so uh, go check out our store. Go buy something. You you deserve it. Go buy something for your own back. And uh, all proceeds go into maintaining the upkeep of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, also, hit up our YouTube channel. I have been uh, posting some reviews. Um, I actually filmed three earlier this week, which will go up soon. And uh, there's already two on there. Um, I'm also going to re record two later on today. Uh, of uh, those the show three. Those three will be up later. They're, they'll already be up as the time of this is published. So, Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, perfect. Uh, I don't remember what those three were. <laughs> Drawing a complete blank. Uh, the Mitchells versus, versus the Machines. Yes. Um, I don't remember the other two off uh, the top of my head. Yeah, I'm trying to go to my my uh, my page to see about what I, what I have on there. Um, Let's see your videos. So it was uh, Mortal Kombat, 
Mortal Kombat, Bad, Bad Trip, and Mitchells versus the Machines, which are all three films. Uh, different networks. No, Bad Trip and Mitchells versus the Machines all on that. All both are on Netflix. So, but yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do a review today of 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 Modoc, which you can find on Hulu and. Uh, oh, the uh, the supplement Borat Two stuff, which will probably be a little bit longer of a video just because it needs to be, um, since there's three things to it. But uh, but yeah, go check that out. And like Betty said, she's very likely going to do this in the future as well for the shows that she watches because that's the biggest issue that we're finding with this is that I'm having less and less time to watch things in their entirety. Plus, I have other you know things I'm I'm doing as well, like games and whatnot. While you know, Maya is also busy with certain things, and we just don't have the time to watch as many shows as we used to. So, when we do have time, or there's shows that we want to watch that maybe the rest of us don't, that's where you're going to be able to find those individual reviews is on our YouTube channel. Plus, you can find the full podcast in its entirety in its video form, also on the YouTube channel. Which, to help out the algorithm, if you could head over there. Give this video a like, um, subscribe to it, leave a comment. Helps us out big time. Other people can then, you know, see the, you know, if they if they search for a podcast or they write in the word "cued," it might pop up. So that's how it helps us. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, uh, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public page, so if you want to. Follow me publicly and uh, see the nonsense that I post. You're more than welcome to. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram through that page. The links are there. And if you want to catch me on other shows that I do, I'm a part of two other podcasts, and they're both on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Uh, one is called Figabangin'. It's a live action figure review show every other Wednesday night at... 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then every Friday night live at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called Nerd Life Syndicate, which uh, Greg was happily filling in a part of uh, the show with us again last week. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I, you know, we, had, we had a good time. You know, conversation went a little bit deeper than normal uh, <laughs> for fault. the first half of the show. <laughs> But it was a good time. It was a good time regardless. You know, we had fun. But yeah, check those out. Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Also uh, subscribe and hit the notification bell to it too if those are things that you're interested in. Uh, but yeah, that's everywhere you can find me. What about you, Betty? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Betty Badger Ogletree. And I'm on Twitter at Bright Betty. And that's where you can find me. Greg? Uh, You'll find me at uh, Chubruck Geek on all socials. Uh, mostly active on Twitter, so I don't know. I haven't been really that active, but you can follow me on all those if you want. Um, also, Anthony and I are going to be planning a, uh, a series of episodes that we're going to record and, and upload as soon as possible. I hope he's a little bit quicker with it because Jesus Christ. Um but what we want to do is the upcoming few weeks, uh, there's going to be a lot of video game announcements, a lot of uh, news and regarding video games um, leading up to E3 and and just just all sorts of stuff like that. And usually late late May into June, into July is when every game company is going like, hey, this, we've got coming up into the, the year and we've got coming out next year. So we love talking about that. We love having 
long discussions about what we want to see and don't want to see and yada yada. And so if that sounds like something that's up your alley, it's all video game related. We don't talk about any shows. Um, go check out uh, Mission Start Podcast or um, Mission Start Tubes on YouTube. You can also find reviews that I'm that I've recorded and he he edits and uploads. But yeah, if that's something you're into, go check that out. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That, uh, that's all. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, we love doing this. I know that this is you know more of a hobby for us than it is a job. But uh, the fact that we have anybody listening to us is always astounds me. So we really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and in case you guys forgot, as I have written here, a list of things I keep having to add to. Uh, let me actually add one to it real quick. Um, uh, hold on, stop. Okay, so in case you forgot, uh, God, I'm trying to write and talk at the same time. In case you forgot, Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate, protect trans youth, free Palestine, and stop Jewish violence. We'll see you next week. Peace, love, and polypops, everybody. Take care, everybody.